Amen. Yes, let's give the Lord a praise offering this morning. We know that, uh, you know, we're going to see a victory. And I love what McKenna said, you know, it's not why me, but why not me? And uh, that's just a bold declaration from a faithful witness. And we know God's going to do a mighty uh, victory through this story. So just uh, continue to pray for McKenna and her family. And we know God is faithful to do the right thing. Well, I want to wish you a good morning. My name is Rick. And uh, to all of those uh, online and joining us in person, it's so great to see all of you this morning. Thank you for coming out to support McKenna and, of course, to hear from, uh, hear from the Lord himself. Uh, we have um, the Majors Lum, who are our senior pastors. They're traveling in California. They send you their greetings. They're actually online right now, too. So hello, Majors out there watching live. Uh, before I call up uh, Major Jeff Martin, who will be bringing the word today, I just wanted to introduce them uh, formally for those of you who have not come to know them. Uh, over the past few years, they've been leading our division of the Salvation Army. So it's a large church, a large organization that spans the Hawaiian Islands all the way out to the Federated States of Micronesia, Guam, Saipan, and everything in between, all that happens in, in the Pacific, uh, they are responsible for. So I'd like to ask you to pray for them as they lead uh, our great church, but also uh, just know that they cover us with their prayers and their spiritual covering uh, as they lead from Manoa. So we really appreciate you, Majors Martin, for all you do, your love for Jesus, and really your love for people. Thank you so much. Uh, with that, I'm going to call up Major Jeff Martin. He is a Hebrew scholar. He actually speaks Hebrew. He knows so much about the rich history of Israel and God's people, and he's going to bring you the word on Psalm 84 today. Thank you. Thank you, Rick, for those kind words and uh, thank you all for coming out today and for those of you who are online uh, thank you for joining us my prayer is that whether you're here or online that you will be blessed by the inspiration of the words that come from Psalms 84 that we're going to look at today and uh, let's have a, just a prayer as we uh, begin to think about this psalm our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your great love to us. We thank you for what you are doing in each one of our lives. And we thank you for the good times as well as the struggles that we endure. And we pray, Lord, that you will bless us in our journey. And bless us in Jesus' name as we look in this psalm. May it speak to our hearts. Amen. <clears throat> Well, it's uh, always a pleasure to be here at the Croc Center and to enjoy the fellowship with you. It's a little bit different um, not being able to give hugs and shake hands and all of that. And, you know, just a little elbow thing is a little hard to get used to. We're going through a different kind of a time right now. <clears throat> but as we go through this time, um, we all know that God is with us and he will bless us. As we look at Psalms 84, I want us to look at a section of the psalm which usually when we're reading the psalms we just skip over. The little heading at the top. Some, some versions have it, some may not. And uh, the heading at the top talks of things that says like, to the director of music. According to Gitteth of the sons of Korah, a psalm, to the chief musician, 
We see those words and we think, what is that all about? Um, I've, I've entitled this psalm for us today, The Blessedness of Dwelling in the House of God. And as we go through this heading, I think we're going to see perhaps that uh, maybe, maybe something of what you and I do in our various roles are included in this. <clears throat> it says, to the chief musician on an instrument of Gath, a psalm of the sons of Korah. And uh, you, you saw that word giddeth? Um, I don't know if, if anyone knows what a giddeth is, but um, there's one up there. <clears throat> so you remember David and Goliath, right? And you know that David played the harp. And <clears throat> Goliath was from, <clears throat> excuse me, Goliath was from Gath. I just wonder if maybe this instrument from Gath, the Giddeth, was something that David acquired after um, he defeated Goliath. <clears throat> but some sort of a harp or stringed instrument. Now, I say this next thing at great risk. Some of you might want to throw me off the stage after I say it, but I wonder if perhaps it is David and Goliath that inspired rock and roll. <clears throat> and maybe they used the giddeth uh, along with that. <clears throat> well, nobody threw me off the stage yet, so I guess I'll keep going. <clears throat> During the time of Moses in the wilderness, Numbers chapter 16 tells us a story about Korah. Now, if you noticed at the beginning of the psalm, it talked about the sons of Korah. Korah was given a high position in leadership, which he abused by questioning God's decision. He questioned Moses about his choice of appointing the Levites over the priestly duties and the sacrificial system at the tabernacle. Korah was a cousin to the Levites. So the, the sons of Korah would be the sort of like the cousins to the Levites. They're the same tribe, but uh, Moses said the Levites were to be in charge of the priestly duties. Korah rebelled along with 250 men and God confirmed his choice by opening up the earth and swallowing them. They all went into, their, into the earth alive and, and died in that way. There were others who died as a result of this rebellion. But there must have been some of the Korites who survived. And later, their, the descendants of Korah developed musical talents which they began using for the service of the Lord. They were not in charge of the tabernacle, they were not in charge of the sacrifices, but they were in charge of supporting the worship ministry of the tabernacle through music and writing of psalms and take care, taking care of various details. Sort of like a are, are worship leaders here, right? They're sort of like the Korites. <clears throat> As we go through this scripture, there are two silas, 
And selah is one of those words that we just pass over to. We see it and we, we kind of ignore it. But selah is a musical marker and it indicates a time to stop and reflect on what was just said. And we're going to practice this today. Our musician is going to come and play the giddeth. Did you bring your giddeth? Oh, yes, he brought his giddeth. Uh, that must be where the word guitar came from, right? Giddeth, guitar, it makes sense. So our musician is going to play the giddeth, and all of you, I want you to read silently, and we have a reader who's going to read the scripture, and when, you, when she comes to the selah, I want you to read silently back over the words that were just read. The sila is a time to reflect and to think about those scriptures. Let's enjoy the reading of Psalm 84. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. They pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before the God of Zion. Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. O God, behold your shield and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. Thank you for that reading and for the playing of the Giddeth. It was 
I think it's, it's so beautiful to, to see that and hear that. Perhaps that's just a taste of what was happening sometimes back in the days of David when uh, he went to the tabernacle and to enjoy the worship there. <clears throat> As we look into our, the the scripture today, I want to look first of all at the first section and then the last section and I'm going to come back to the middle. And I think you'll see the reason for that after a while. But uh, in verses 1 through 4, <clears throat> I've entitled this section, Seek to be in the presence of the Lord. And I think all of us, we want to be in the presence of God. And sometimes we long to be in his presence. We yearn for a time to be in the presence of the Lord. Some of you who are worshiping online are probably thinking, how I wish I could be there with all of you here at the Croc Center. And uh, those of you who are here, do you ever, when, you, when you're missing, do you ever wish that you could come? When you wake up in the morning on Sunday, are you kind of anticipating being able to come and worship. The worshiper's soul yearns for the courts of the Lord. And then there's a, the, the tabernacle was a tabernacle in the wilderness. They didn't have walls or anything of stone. But I think the Korites who were, who were writing this psalm may have been anticipating the future temple where it would be built with stone. And this, the next verse talks about the sparrow that found a home. And it's like the sparrow making a nest on the side of the temple or tabernacle. In the, you imagine that stone there. When my, my wife, Eloisa, was looking at that, she says, oh, would that be the, the western wall um, in, in Jerusalem? But no, this one is made of bricks. The, Western wall is stone, but there are places where birds make nests in that wall as well. <clears throat> but at the time of David, there was no temple, but there was a tabernacle. And, and uh, the tabernacle would have been a tent, and, uh, which we saw earlier. But then they were looking forward to the time when Solomon would build the temple. And uh, perhaps that psalm is thinking of that. And so... Um, <clears throat> contrast this tabernacle with the temple of Solomon's time when he built it. There you would see that there were stones. Maybe there were places where a bird could find a crevice and, and make a nest. And the, the writer of the psalm is saying, how blessed, how wonderful it would be to be like that bird that's found a place so close to the presence of God. And then in, <clears throat> in verse 3, it says about even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Look at those words, Lord, King, and God. We're just we're, we're focusing on God to be our Lord, the one who we adore and look up to, our King, the one who we owe our allegiance, our God, the one who created us. 
And it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. Looking toward that future temple, perhaps the Korites were writing this, looking for that continual place of praise and saying how blessed it would be to be in the temple of the Lord. And then the Selah comes. It doesn't show up in every version of the Bible, but in, in some versions, Selah is there. And when you see the Selah, you stop. You contemplate and perhaps anticipate what will follow. And so the writer of this psalm was contemplating the next section, which we're going to skip, matter of fact, right now, and we're going to jump to the end. Um, and we'll jump to <clears throat> verse 9, where it says, O God, behold our shield, and look upon the face of your anointed. They're praying to God to look at our shield. I wonder, the Korites may not have been warriors, they were in the tribe of Levi. They didn't typically have to go to war, but David was a warrior. He wrote some of the Psalms. David would have had a shield and many of the other soldiers. And I just imagine David's shield. He had been in many battles. There were probably many scars where swords and spears and arrows had struck his shield. And they're saying, God, behold our shield. Look at the difficulties we face. Look at the trials. Look at the battles that we have fought. We heard a testimony this morning of someone fighting a battle. McKenna. Fighting a battle. Look, Lord, at the battles that we have fought or we are fighting the difficulties that we are going through. And if you look down at verse 11, it's beautiful. It says, the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Even though our shield may be inadequate, even though it's very battle-scarred, we know that God, he is the one that brings us grace and glory. He provides the shield for us. <clears throat> and then look at verse 10. A day for a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wickedness. This is like those Korites. They were, they were the ones who were the doorkeepers. They were the first one in and the last one out. Anybody here, are you ever the first one in? And the last one out at the Croc Center. Rick, is that you sometimes? Okay. Somebody is probably first in and last out. And the Korites were like that. They were the ones who kind of took care of some of the details so that when the Levites came in, they could conduct the worship of the sacrifices. And then they supported all of the worship of the sacrifices with what they did. And uh, <clears throat> I, imagined, I imagined that they were cherishing the time that they had to be in the courts of the Lord just before the worship starts and just after it has ended. We need to cherish the time that we can be with God and that we can be involved with him. And uh, 
If you're a janitor in the house of the Lord, how blessed you would be if uh, you spent those times singing praises as, vac as you vacuum the floor and you sweep the, the stage and as you pick up the things that are uh, cluttering the area. How blessed it is to be in the house of the Lord. So the Korites, they were blessed with that. God gives favor and he does not hold anything that is good. And it, we're reminded of that in the scripture. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He, and I think we can be reminded of Jesus' words where he talked about this. In Luke 11, 11 to 13, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God gives good things. He will not hold, withhold anything good from us. And this section ends with, O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man who trusts in you. I would like to suggest that life is blessed while trusting in the Lord. If you want to be blessed in your life, trust in the Lord. Life is blessed while trusting in the Lord. And now I'd like to bring us back to the middle of this psalm, starting at verse 5. And in verse 5 we can see <clears throat> that blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage. Now my wife and I have been blessed to go on several pilgrimages to Israel. And we were blessed to, to have your corps officers, the Lums, come with us on a pilgrimage um, uh, just a few years ago. And as we went through the area of Israel, there are some places where it's just very desolate. You'd think, why did anybody want to come and live here? But then there are places where it's beautiful and there's rich um, streams and, and trees and, and lush forest. And uh, the Sea of Galilee is, is, is just an amazing, beautiful place. But those who were going on pilgrimage from maybe up north where the Sea of Galilee is and going down to Jerusalem, they would have had to go over mountains and through valleys and through deserts and they would have had some difficult walks along the way in some places. And I can imagine there must have been some places where it was just very dry and desolate. And I think the writer of this psalm talked about one of those places. As the people were walking through, it says they may pass through the valley of Baca. You say, Baca? Did anybody, when you read that, did you, anybody wonder what's the Valley of Baca? The reason it says Valley of Baca is that word was not translated. It was a word that they weren't really sure what to, what, how to use, how to put it. It, it does have a, a meaning of tears or weeping, but they're not sure if it was a name of a valley, an actual named place. So they left it the Valley of Baca. 
Some translations say the valley of tears or the valley of weeping. And the idea, I think, what is trying to be expressed is it's a place where it's very dry and maybe the kids are saying, Daddy, are we there yet? Are we there yet? They're going through this valley and, oh man, it's such a long, dry place. But there's a plant in some of the dry valleys there, a balsam plant that drips sap and the sap may look like little tears of sap. And so Baca may refer to that, that little plant that grows in these dry valleys. And they call, so they call it the valley of tears. But it would be a valley that was very dry and desolate. <clears throat> so as we go through the valley of Baca, it's a time where perhaps we cry, we weep. Some of you may be going through the valley of Baca right now. People around the world because of COVID are going through times where, yes, they're weeping. It's a place and a time that we're having difficulty with. But as we go through the valley of Baca, we know that there's something beyond that we're headed toward. They were on a pilgrimage. They're on the pilgrimage to Jerusalem to be in the presence of God. But for now, they're weeping. There's a, a study that indicates that women cry five times more often than men do. And that 85% of women and 73% of men thought that crying made them feel better. Have you ever had a good cry and afterwards you felt better? Yeah? Okay, so maybe there's something to that. Crying is most often associated with sadness, but it also accompanies happiness, anger, sympathy, anxiety, and fear. So for all those things that might be happening in our lives today, Perhaps we're in that valley of weeping. But Psalms 30 verse 5 tells us, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Praise God for that. We know that this valley does not go forever. <clears throat> we know that on the pilgrimage, you eventually get through that dry valley and eventually you see Jerusalem off in the distance. And then you know you're going to be there in the presence of the Lord in worship. <clears throat> that was for the pilgrim <clears throat> that was on their way to Jerusalem. We are all on a pilgrimage as well. Our life's journey takes us various places. But when we have that opportunity to spend with the Lord, cherish those moments with the Lord. And when we do, we go through these difficult times I think we get stronger because of them. It, the, there's a verse here that says, we go from strength to strength until we appear before God. We gradually become more successful at uh, facing our difficult times. The first time it's really hard, 
we cry a lot. The second time, maybe not quite so hard. We cry some, but maybe not as much. But we gradually get better and better at facing difficult times. And I think they build up our strength. And so, let's, let's be like uh, what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 40, 31. But those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. How do we get there? We wait upon the Lord. There's a poem I'd like to read by Olga J. Weiss. The road is too rough, I said. Dear Lord, there are stones that hurt me so. And he said, dear child, I understand. I walked it long ago. But there's a cool green path, I said. Let me walk there for a time. No, child, he gently answered me. The green path does not climb. My burden, I said, is far too great. How can I bear it so? My child, he said, I remember the weight. I carried my cross, you know. But I said, I wish there were friends with me who would make my way their own. Oh, yes, he said, Gethsemane was hard to bear alone. And so I climbed the stony path, content at last to know that where my master had not gone, I would not need to go. And strangely then I found new friends. The burden grew less sore. And I remember long ago, he went that way before. <clears throat> before we get to this place of strength with God, perhaps we need those valleys of tears those dry and barren places where life is hard and our endurance is tested. We get better at navigating those difficult times and we get stronger. Then in that strength, we go through trials again and we come out even stronger. From strength to strength, we gradually become more successful at the Christian walk until we appear before God and we listen for his words. Well done. Well done, faithful servant. The Korites had every reason to praise God. They came from a rebellious family that was nearly wiped out because of jealousy and questioning God's selection. And then to becoming the instruments of praise and worship in the tabernacle that pointed the hearts of the people of Israel to God. The prophet Samuel was a descendant of Korah as well. And those who wrote some of the Psalms could see that God forgives and allows for mistakes to be made in the past but then a glorious future can be for all who follow him. Perhaps you today recognize that your journey in life 
will be better by accepting what God has for you to do and then doing it with all of your heart. As the musicians come, our chorites, the place of prayer is available to you. To accept what God has for you today and in the future, this is the place to experience the blessings of God's presence. To find forgiveness, salvation, holiness, or direction and purpose in life. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all who have come to this place to perhaps experience your presence. Those who are coming online as well, looking for that opportunity to experience your presence today. And Lord, I pray that the words of this psalm will continue to resonate in the hearts and lives of your people. And as they, as they submit their lives to you, they will learn to walk in the difficult places as well as the easy places, keeping their faith and trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.